Hey babe, did you know that using a great alternative light source doesn't cost a billion dollars or look like a suitcase anymore? Surely that's not true, but if you can give me more information, I'll be inclined to believe you. Well now, you can get a pocket-sized blacklight from Taction USA that works just as well as a large ALS, an alternative light source. It works so well, you'll never go back to any other ALS. It's lightweight and literally fits in your pocket. Made out of aluminum, so it's durable, it will last you a lifetime. You can find the professional blacklight at TactionUSA.com for $29.99. Ships quickly, and your order comes from Taction USA's Amazon store, so it's easy to order. Taction USA is run by law enforcement for law enforcement. You should check it out today and get yours. Get yours right now, today, at TactionUSA.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Crossing the Tape, your favorite, I hope, true crime podcast, with me, Brendan, and my lovely wife, Hillary. And in our last episode, we discussed uh, well, death, again. Right. Some folks who took some extra strength Excedrin and uh, didn't make it. So we're going to bring you part two of that story today. Please sign the crime scene log. And join us now. Backtracking just a smidge, we have Susan Snow, who was a bank manager in Auburn, Washington. Mm -hmm. This takes place in 1986. She woke up, took a few Excedrin, collapsed, died at the hospital a short time later. And then we find out that a few days before that, another gentleman had collapsed in his home, Bruce mm -hmm. Nickel. His wife called 911. Bruce didn't make it either. He had taken four Excedrin that morning. And his death was initially determined to be natural due to emphysema. Right. But once Miss Stella his wife. saw those headlines, she placed another call to the authorities and turned over her two bottles of Excedrin, which were found to be also laced with cyanide. So... We will go into a little bit of Stella's past. So before we talk about what else was in the tainted capsules... Aside from the cyanide. Right. We need to talk about Stella Nickel. Stella grew up in a poor household in Oregon. She became a mother at a very young age, only 16, and moved to Southern California. However, life wasn't all roses for long. Stella had her share of troubles ahead of her. In 1968, Stella was convicted of fraud... <gasps> And in 1968, she was convicted of spousal abuse for beating her husband with a curtain rod. Woof. Which, okay, a curtain rod in the 60s is a lot different than a curtain rod now from Walmart. <laughs> the 60s <laughs> curtain saying. rod was an iron bar. Right. <laughs> it was like a lead pipe beat. Right. It's not, you know, a little, anyway. You beat someone with a curtain rod if, they're, if you're jumping them into a gang. So her crime spree continued when she received six months of jail time for forgery in 1971. Her first marriage didn't last long, despite now having a second daughter. So she's a fraudster, a forger, and a curtain rodster. Right. <laughs> and she served a little time. Uh-huh. So Stella met Bruce Nickel in 1974 and married him in 1976. He was a heavy equipment operator who abused alcohol. This was no issue for her, as she continued enjoying hitting the bars as well. So, what I read is she liked to party. Yeah. And oh, she... Yeah. Stella, she yeah, partied. She partied. 
So she, that was what they looked forward to. Yeah, that was their common ground. Right, that, well, drinking. You're a severe alcoholic. I'm and, a bar hopper. Right, so, so that was the... Go yeah. out all night together. What fun. Right. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Drinking outside the house? No. Ugh. No. During their marriage that lasted a decade, Bruce went to drug rehab and decided to give up booze altogether. Stella later mentioned that Bruce was now boring to be around. And since Stella could no longer party with her husband, she began taking night shift positions at her security screener job at the Tacoma International Airport. But she still liked to go out at night. Well, when I read that research, it struck me as odd because I'm like, okay, I understand her need to get out of the house if she's if that's her routine mm-hmm. is to booze and go party and she gets out of the house. But I'm like, so you go from that to I'm going to take extra shifts at my security job <laughs> at the airport. I mean. Yeah, but she she just didn't want to be at home with her lame sober husband. I guess. With that bum that doesn't drink anymore. That's trying I to suppose. better himself. So she was looking for any way out. But it just seemed like but yeah, why an extreme. Take a, like an exercise class if you want. Right. Do it, make, take up a hobby, go on a, yeah. you know. Well, I'm just going to work grave shift so I can sleep all day and not be around him. I guess that was the point. but He must have just, been a real drag. Yeah. It just struck me as very odd. Yeah. So she also decided to try having an aquarium at home, which also struck me as odd because, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see that as a hobby, okay? I mean, I know there's those shows that have, you know, the aquarium for the stars and they're, you know, thousands of dollars worth of aquariums. I guess you could but, dedicate a lot of time to them. I mean, I've only had a turtle, so they have a terrarium and it's a bit different and it's very simple. But yeah, you, but, it's not like... Painting or no, putting together a 5,000 piece um, puzzle where right. you can spend hours. I'm doing a puzzle. I'm going to do this painting. You the get paint the paint by numbers like I just ordered. Yeah. Woof. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. And but You get the fish. You make sure it's clean. You feed them. <laughs> like, how, what else? I mean, a dog would have been more. You can train them. Right. You can go for a walk. You can take right. them around the park. And actually, you can train a turtle better than that, too. I've never seen a turtle walk around the park. Oh, okay. We just don't know. <laughs> That's why we need a turtle. Uh-huh. So her aquarium fetish, if you will, um, kicked in because I guess that was as much fun as binge drinking. <laughs> it's got to replace something. At this point in their marriage, it seemed like things were falling apart. And now that Stella thought her husband was boring, she didn't spend as much time at home. So in the summer of 19... 19- 86. While they were residing in Washington State, Bruce came home with a headache. He took four extra strength excedrins and then collapsed a few minutes later. Now, in my experience, excedrin is not supposed to do that. It's supposed to cap. It's supposed to be caffeinated. It's, it's the up, extra strength are full of caffeine to kick that right. headache out quickly. You're right. So and then the acetaminophen he, to kind of. Right. Relax it away or whatever. So he had the opposite effect and he was taken to the ho- to the hospital where he died. And medical staff tried to treat him, but nothing helped. So Bruce died from emphysema is what they said. Stella came forward a few days after the death of Sue Snow and told law enforcement that her husband had died suddenly after taking the pills. Apparently, at the time, she did not make the connection. But after seeing the headlines, she realized what happened to her beloved, boring husband. Bruce's body was re-examined, and it was discovered he, too, had been poisoned with cyanide, which the initial autopsy missed. So we talked about 
Sue Snow's death. Mm-hmm. The bitter almonds. But that's my thing. Apparently they didn't did, catch that. Did they not run toxicology in the 80s? I don't... They I didn't look it up. Must, I should have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know... Because why cyanide? I mean, I don't know what sort of battery of tests they do for a guy who collapsed after taking headache but I, pills. I believe that's traceable, though. Yes, unless I'm oh, yeah. incorrect. Because in Sue Snows, they right they smelled it and so, then tested her for yeah, cyanide. The smell is the big thing. So Bitter maybe almonds. if they didn't have reason to believe there was cyanide, there wasn't a specific test done for poison. But, but there still should have been something. But in today's day and age, and in our profession. The autopsies I have been to for, you know, victims of cases I have worked, you know, I observe the autopsy, answer, you know, answer, ask any questions with the coroner, and then later there is a toxicology test run. Mm -hmm. And each organ, vital organ, is tested. Yeah, and they get a breakdown of... Right, you get a breakdown later, a big report. THC. Right. Alcohol, you know, whatever. I wonder if... That just wasn't done then, unless they suspected something. I don't know. It's something I have to look up. Yeah. Yeah, it may be that they don't test, didn't at the time, test for those specific things unless there was a reason to believe well, that was the case. Yeah. Because when they re-examined him, they went, oh, cyanide. Right. So during their analysis, the FBI crime lab discovered a green substance along with the cyanide, and it turned out to be algae destroyer, <gasps> a substance called algicide. Mm-hmm. Something you might find in the home of a home aquarium enthusiast, as we said, that was her new hobby. Well, it couldn't be her. Hmm. Well, maybe. (laughs) In order to cover all their bases, the FBI asked Paul Webking, the husband of the late Susan Snow and Stella Nichol, to submit to a polygraph test. Paul did so willingly and passed, effectively eliminating him as a suspect for the poisonings. And there was heavy speculation on him. Right. Everything seemed to add up. Yeah. Like, oh, he he purposely killed her because she's going to end their marriage after he's cheating. And he took the same pills, not poisoned. Right. But he passed the polygraph flying colors. So, interestingly, Stella refused, which in my experience... It's a big red flag. Now you can't use that as guilt. You can't. you can't use that against them in court. But yes, when someone no, says, oh, "I'm taking they, a lie detector," yeah, if they blatantly refuse, it's yeah. usually there's something so, to it. Yeah, it definitely, even if it's totally innocent and they really just don't want to, it makes it seem right. to the average person they're hiding something. Right. So she refused, citing excessive nervousness as a result of her renewed drinking habit. As the FBI did a bit more digging on her, they discovered a $76,000 life insurance policy in Bruce's name, which would pay an additional $100,000 if his death was accidental rather than natural. A bit of handwriting analysis revealed Bruce's signature on the insurance documents had been forged. Agents soon headed to a pet supply store near the Nickel residence and showed the owner a picture of Stella asking if he remembered selling her algae destroyer. He remembered because she would buy large quantities of it, which the owner recommended crushing into small bits before placing into the fish tank because it would dissolve easier and be more effective. So how big was that fish tank? I don't know. I don't know how much out, like, I assume it comes in well, How many fish a, did she have? Crystal. Well, it's it's a, apparently her entire hobby. Instead of going out all night, she's 
awake with the fishes while her husband was sleeping with them. But before we proceed with the intricacies of fish tanks, we want to bring you a word from our friends at the Murder and Mimosas podcast. Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. I'm Shannon. And I'm Danica. Together as a mother and daughter duo, we host Murder Mimosas, true crime podcast with an episode released every Saturday at 10 a.m. so you can listen to it during prime brunch time. While we don't require a mimosa, we do highly recommend one. All of our episodes are cases that we found really interesting or just really stuck with us because we hope they'll do the same for you. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So pieces were falling into place, and the FBI had a theory. Stella poisoned her husband with cyanide, which she crushed into powder using the same bowl she crushed up her algae destroyer. She, of course, didn't clean the bowl between crushing the different substances, because what the hell, it's poison anyway. (laughs) I remember a comedian mentioning... Did you know they sterilize the needle before they give you a lethal injection? Really? Well, that makes sense. It's, you know, but humane. What? But at the same time... It's lethal. <laughs> the guy's going to end up in hell with gangrene. <laughs> oh, dirty needle, huh? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> but, I mean, I, it, I, they do, just because it's a matter of medical practice. But Yeah, but... It's still... <laughs> come on. I know. <laughs> but... I guess if you're going to lethal, <laughs> if you're going to execute someone, well, okay, everything needs to be humane, done the, the right The way. organizational person in me starts overthinking. <laughs> what are we wasting the alcohol for? No, I'm thinking, was she a dirty person that she, <laughs> she crushed? <laughs> She's using the same, you don't have two bowls? I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> You can't I wash the bowl? I just... <laughs> I, you know, I use a bowl, It's then I clean it. I clean it right away. It goes in the dishwasher. I wash it, whatever. But Well, that goes back to how much of this algae destroyer does she need? Well, that's the... she keeps a bowl next to the aquarium. obsessive. Well, she couldn't go out and party anymore. <laughs> she must have been a real animal. Woof. So, after his death, she tried to collect on the life insurance policy, which she had set up fraudulently, remember, with... By forging his signature, mm-hmm. but realized she would miss out on that extra hundred thousand dollars if the death was natural. So she then purchased additional bottles of Excedrin, poisoned them as well, snuck them into onto store shelves, and waited for someone else to die before she had the the revelation. Finger quotes. Finger quotes that her. Husband had been poisoned as well as conveniently making his death accidental. What kind of person is that? Killing her spouse for insurance money is a tale as old as time. Right. It's still wrong. Awful people have done that. It's not good. But you're going to set up a total stranger who's completely innocent. Here's... And you know what? It's only $100,000. That's $100,000 more than she had. Well, I mean, it's not like we're talking about $100 Millions, yes. I mean, no matter what the amount, it's not it's not, <laughs> not that, right. Not that we're putting a price on this kind no, of thing. No, no, no. But, but it seems minuscule in the grand scheme of things, is what I'm trying to say. Here's what drove me nuts. Okay. 
she got away with it perfectly until she went that far. Well, they listed the death as emphysema. They had no idea he'd been poisoned by cyanide. So, so it was all clean. She had seventy six thousand dollars from a life insurance policy. It was the, she killed him, no problem. It was the old, you know, greed. The same. It was greed. Yeah, and, but she wanted that extra. Well, so she decided greed and whatever it took. There's another aspect to me. I think there's a little bit of she wanted people to know it was her. Or get some credit for it. The, uh, because she's the going... Yeah. Wasn't, she didn't like that. She no, wanted fame. She's going into the public poisoning these people. Right. So to me, it's not just the money because we're talking a difference. Uh, I mean, it's still a significant amount, mm-hmm. especially for the 80s. But she... I don't think she liked... Now, this is me being speculative, mm-hmm. but I do have a bit of training. Mm-hmm. I don't think she liked... Not being known. Yes. So usually if a criminal opens their mouth when they got away with it, it's because they want to be known. Yeah. They feel so, they're so giddy. They're so giddy. Yeah. That they want people to know that they got away with it. And that's where they shoot themselves in the foot. I did it and no one knew. You know. But that's exactly, she poisoned him with a traceable poison. Right. She didn't it, even take it wasn't some, noticed. Well, yeah. Like, she didn't even try to conceal it. It wasn't something that is concealable. Was, yeah, masked as some other substance. Or he didn't burn in a fire where he there's no trace because everything is messed up, you right. know? Right. It was, she poisoned him with something that could be tested for. And it was just a stroke of luck that that didn't come up in the initial autopsy. Right. So she would have gotten the smaller life insurance settlement, and no one ever would have known, ever, ever, would have known that she poisoned him. It worked better than she could have expected. But she was a monster. And she wanted that moolah. Well, and it just shows that she's a horrible person. Well, yes. Well, how big is this aquarium? (laughs) That's still what I want to know. But... Wasn't big enough for him to sleep with the fishes, I guess. But no. so when she turned over her two Excedrin bottles, she claimed to purchase them at different stores at different times. The odds of her separately purchasing two of only five contaminated bottles were slim at best. So that was her other mistake. Yeah, if she kept it to well, he took them from this bottle. Would have would have been easy peasy. But she said two. And different stores. Yeah. Said I, well, so, one, who's buying that much Excedrin? Right. Wait until one bottle gets low, buy a second bottle. Well, so, well they come in two packs sometimes. But, I don't think they did then. Them separate. <laughs> <laughs> they do now. Okay. You can get a family pack, but but she buys them separate. Cops, like, after all the recalls, there were only five total. Right. That's still too That's, many when it comes well, to cyanide. Well, it's too but, many. But it's not a lot in the grand scheme. And they were like in different places. A, well, if this was a pl- like a big plot, you know, big major plot. Yeah. To just randomly kill a bunch of people. Like the Chicago. It seems there would have been more. Yes, like mm-hmm. the Chicago ty- uh, ibuprofen one. Tylenol. Oh, right. Also extra strength. But with this and two different places, it's kind of like she thought, well... Two different places would make it fare better. It would it would it cast would make it seem like everybody's getting right, poisoned. But it actually made it them hone in on her because there's two different places. Yeah, like really, you alone 
only a few other right. people bought a bottle from somewhere, but you mm-hmm. happened to buy two from one from a one place, one from another. Right. She was trying too hard to sell the story right. and blew it. She started overthinking. <laughs> so they had the who and the how, but still had more questions about the why. And in November of 1986, Stella finally decided to consent to a polygraph, which she failed. And though they had much evidence against her, it was not enough to arrest her just yet. So in 1987, Stella's daughter Cindy, now an adult, was brought in for questioning, and she held nothing back. She explained that her mother often talked about how mundane life with Bruce had become, and she wanted to go out and party and meet new people and perhaps look for new romantic interests. She still had some youth left in her and couldn't stand to pour any more effort into the average life with Bruce. How old was she then? Uh, I believe she was in her 40s at this point. Okay, I'm in my 30s, and the party life sounds horrible. It sounds like the worst thing on earth. I don't. I mean, I guess you know some people. They that's how they live their lives. But man, you want to be fifty-five years old, going bar to bar, Ugh. looking for a date and a good time. Just settle down. You did. When you turn twenty-two, <laughs> just hang it up. <laughs> you know the ironic thing is, I never partied ever. I've been. I was born an old person. So. <laughs> You know, you I get the I've, Benjamin button. I think I've become a little more lively in my ma- in my marriage and in my thirties. So I don't know. Do I will I regress? Will I become more of an older person? I don't know. You'll be the eighty year old party. <laughs> I doubt that. You started slow and you're picking up. <laughs> I don't think so. But anyhow, so but Stella there, she wanted you know. She wanted to live the high life. Yeah, she wanted to get down. Right. <laughs> Did they say that? They didn't say that in the 80s. In 87? Oh, people were getting down since like the 70s. That's you weren't disco. around. You don't I know. was there. You I've were seen not. Videos. I was around. You were not. When did Soul Train air? They were getting down on Soul All right. Train. So, she still had some youth. That's where we've established this. <laughs> so, I told her daughter... She went to Bruce dead, and she fantasized about what she could do with his handsome life insurance payout. So straight up, I want Bruce That's, Gonzo. Yeah. Like... Sickening. Yes. Stella and Bruce had major money troubles as well that would be quickly sorted with that kind of cash on hand. I didn't see exactly what their money troubles were. Did you? I didn't see exactly, but I know uh, in the days af- right after... Bruce's death, she sent letters to two different creditors saying, uh, my dearest husband is no longer in the picture. He's unfortunately passed and I will only be able to send X amount of money every month for my payments. So they Mm -hmm. had debt for sure. Right. I don't know exactly what, but when you live that party lifestyle, you're bound to rack up some bills. Right. So, um... She went on to also admit to Cindy, her daughters, that she admitted to poison, to poisoning Bruce with foxglove on one occasion, but he just became drowsy. She stated that she studied foxglove and other poisons in a book from their local library titled Deadly Harvest and Human Poisonings from Native and Cultivated Plants. 
The FBI chased this lead to the local library where they discovered these books had been checked out by Stella. And worst of all, they were overdue. <laughs> Which in some states, that's a crime. <laughs> so other books about poisons in the library were seized for fingerprint analysis, which... All right, I'm going to pause here for a second. Just a second. They were seized from the library. Yeah. How many fingerprints? Okay. Now, library books, I haven't been to the library in a long time. I don't think too many people are reading Deadly Harvest. But, okay. You know the library, at least before. I don't know now. I haven't been in a long time. They have the plastic covers Mm -hmm. on everything. Yeah. Do you know how many fingerprint? Oh, I'm sure those how, things are how they're. I mean, I remember before I was into anything law enforcement related, I'd get a book and I'm like, man, this thing is dirty, you know. So I'm thinking like, but they found her prints on several pages covering cyanide. So did they ruin that book? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing said it was a first edition. I'm sure it was because a flimsy for paper reprint. <laughs> you can't use powder. No. You have to use chemicals, mm-hmm. and they turn the fingerprints purple. It's going to ruin and the, the book. page. Yeah. Right. Or somewhere in Washington, there's a library with some stained up books that right. are true crime history pieces now. Right. So all of this information was brought before a grand jury. Oh. So the grand jury is different than... Now, before I got into all this... Mm-hmm. I always thought grand jury was grand. It was like the big... It sounds bigger. It, yes. And my mother and I <laughs> have had this discussion. Crimes. Like, go before oh, the it's grand. grand jury. It's this big ordeal. It is they not... They powdered wigs. It is not... No. Hey, we should do that. People might actually pay Show attention. Show for jury duty with powdered wigs? <laughs> no, the judges. <laughs> like in the UK, maybe we'll respect. pay attention more. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> so what the grand jury does is... Uh, they don't determine guilt or innocence. No. It's a much more casual setting where usually the prosecution will present some evidence of the crime, um, usually either witness testimony or the case agent, the officer charging the crime, where they will explain simply their probable cause. So there's, it's not to establish uh, guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. It's just to say there was most likely a crime committed, and this person that we have charged is most likely the person who committed that crime. Right. So it's just determining if there is a crime or not. Right. That this case should should go go to trial. Right. So if the grand jury says, no, we don't believe there's enough, then the case is just dead in the water right there. Which bothers me also. (laughs) Well, that's why you got to come in with a a strong case. You can't come in and say, well, I don't know, they said there was a guy in a blue hat. I saw a guy with a blue hat later, so I charged him. If it is legitimate and the average person isn't going to know what things to look for. True. But the probable cause is a pretty low bar. True. That is true. If, If they come in and say, you know, we found a person stabbed to death and... This person was you know, seen exiting the home. We found a guy a bloody gray yeah. shirt a block away. Okay. And then once it actually goes to trial is when we'll get right. DNA evidence and fingerprints and experts and so on. Right. So. The grand jury indicted her 
Yes. After her fingerprints were found in the book, plus everything else. Right. In December of 1987, that happened. And she was convicted after her criminal trial in May of 1988. She was guilty of five counts of product tampering and for the deaths, deaths of Bruce Nickel, her husband, and Susan Snow. Stella Nickel was sentenced to two 90-year terms and three 10-year terms, all running concurrently. She is eligible for release in 2040 if she lives to that ripe old age of, ni- of 96. Yeah. Stella's get-rich-quick scheme was reckless and deadly, and it blew up in her face. However, her daughter collected a $250,000 reward for proving information which led to the arrest and conviction of her mother, so in the end, her plan accidentally worked. Yeah, her it ended up putting a lot of money in the pocket of her daughter. One of the daughters, though. Yes. What happened yeah, to the other one? I never... That I'm not sure. I, I, she never came up. Right. Only one daughter came up and it was the one who said, hey, yeah, my mom told me all the time she wanted to kill her husband. So, it's wild to me. The extreme she would go for... For what? What was the difference in like For, less than thirty thousand? To make an extra hundred grand. So but it, it was, was. But she got. Oh, it was extra. It was an extra hundred. But so still, she would have gotten a whole a total of one seventy six. But that's not. But she didn't want to settle for just seventy six thousand. I don't. I just. I don't and understand. Go back to party. I. <laughs> I don't think we will. <laughs> that's not our kind of lifestyle. No, but I don't understand the mindset. Is what no. I'm trying to say. You know, putting other people's lives in danger just for personal gain when the personal gain isn't even that. No. It's not a you huge stand gain. You make an average household income in the U.S. for one year. Well, Is what now, you stand I mean, to have a bonus. Yeah, it was Then it was Lower different. then, yeah. I mean, but, it was... Then that was more money. But, but now all I that aside... But now the median income is about 70000 So, in... If that was today's cash, maybe she got a year and a half of living an average lifestyle. Right. She's going to murder someone for that? Someone that she, at some point, loved and married? Well, we don't know if she did. That's true. He just liked to party. Right. And she did, too. The $250,000 reward was... uh, It wasn't from the police. It was from other... And I think Excedrin too, but drug manufacturing companies who all pitched in because they were all kind of in a negative light. So all these different companies threw in some cash to entice someone into talking. So her daughter ended up being the one that got that pretty hefty sum. Yeah. That is way more than you get for killing your husband, apparently. Right. So. The depravity. I know. That, like, well, it worked, but I could get another hundred grand if they find the poison. Right. So I got to risk but that's many okay. other people's but lives. But that's how, that's how people get caught. I mean, even in fictional stories, Agatha Christie, her, uh, all of her stories were always harped on when the criminal began, like, the ego came out. Or mm-hmm. the greed. It was usually greed or ego were the mm-hmm. themes. Yes. When those come out and they've gotten away with what they've already done, but they proceed, that's when they get caught. And there's a ton, there's a ton of truth to that. 
mm-hmm. you know, like criminals who return to the scene of the crime and then they put themselves in a position where then they're looked at or yep. criminals who insert themselves. There's been serial killers who kill and then they watch on the sidelines and then they don't like the direction the investigation's going. So they interject themselves. They start sending anonymous letters or whatever, right. taunting police. And or then they, or even them, I I forget who, but there's there's been there have been a few that it's them, and they're just taunting, you mm-hmm. know, and they're they're blatant about it because they think the police don't have enough. So it's a bit of egotism, and it's a it's greed both. Yeah, but sh- I mean, so Susan's sister came very close to taking some right. of the same pills. And, you know... Paul took two that morning, and they just happened to be some that weren't poison. Right. He was just as much at risk. So that could have been three people dead. Mm-hmm. The other two bottles, Ooh. who knows how many family members would have taken. Yeah. So, that, I mean, I, th- I think one of the bottles, I don't know if it was her standard for everyone, but there were nine out of 60... Was Capsules that the ratio? were poisoned, at least in one of them. So mm-hmm. if that was her standard across the board, she figured that was enough to, well, before and... too long, somebody will take one. Right. That could have been, you know, another 20 people dead. And what I think is also interesting is that the sister pointed out that capsules were strange. Yeah, her. that after the Tylenol thing, everybody was weary about capsules. Mm-hmm. They went with tablets. Right. But then she noticed, well, I guess Paul's buying capsules now. And after everything came out about the poisoning, I bet he poisoned her with those capsules. Mm-hmm. But no. It was just some other lady who was trying to make a hundred grand. Right. I believe that's all we've got on Stella Nickel, the lethal lady. Mm-hmm. And kind of crazy. Party a little too hard. I, think, I don't think kind of is the term. Yeah, she flew a little I close think... to the sun there. I just don't understand. She got away with it. Initially, it well, worked too well, and then she decided to make a big fuss and got herself in some trouble. I'm glad she did. Yeah. It's better this way. Well, yeah. Justice was served. Yes. And that's what we like yes. here on Crossing the Tape. And until next time, with more justice, or not, I'm Brendan. And I'm Hillary. So long. Stay safe. Wait, don't leave yet. We have one more thing. If you are looking for a career change or to expand your knowledge in an already established one, look no further than the National Investigative Training Academy. The National Investigative Training Academy, or NIDA, N-I-T-A, has well over 100 courses with 70 professional development ones alone. NIDA is constantly adding to their course catalog, and courses are focused on private investigation and security fields. Whether you would like to become a private investigator or you need continuing education for your investigative or security career, the National Investigative Training Academy is for you. All courses offered are 100% online and do at your own pace. Once completed, you will receive a certificate in that course. Sign up today at investigativeacademy.com. Make sure when you sign up for your courses, you mention we sent you there. We encourage you to get the best investigative and security training possible today. When you sign up, mention our brand ambassador code, BA2367. That's BA2367. And you can find those courses at investigativeacademy.com. Look for links in our show notes as well.